Welcome to the dark side of travel. So you've dared to come jaunt with me. Thank you. Let me introduce myself. I'm Courtney Maroc, Ambassador of Dark and Paranormal Tourism for Haunt Jaunts, a destination for restless spirits who dig hauntings, true crime, horror, Halloween, and weird days. I'll be your host and guide for this listening adventure. Looks like we've been cleared for takeoff, so buckle up, sit back, and enjoy the ride. Today, I am joined by the none other than Phantoms and Monsters' own Lon Strickler. Hi, Lon! How you doing, Courtney? Good. What about you? I'm hanging in there. Oh my gosh, I was so excited you agreed to do this. So you are my first official interview for oh, okay. the new podcast. So this is really exciting. Well, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, thank you. And I know you have tons of experience with the podcasting and radio shows. So I'm like, well, I just try to do my best. <laughs> <laughs> this is my first time on my own doing this. So it's like, uh... <laughs> Yeah, well, it takes it takes a bit to get used to. I've been doing it now since 2010, and you know, I, I'm still old school. I like the I like the live shows, but of course, I do put a podcast out as well. So, uh, you know, so but you get your, you get used to it. Is your podcast the same as your? Is, is it just a recording no, of your live? Same, yeah, it's just a recording of the live show. Oh, okay. And and is it still called Arcane Radio? Yep, that's what it is. Okay, and how do people listen to you while we're talking about that? Well, you just go to, um, you, you can search Arcane Radio or just go to Podbean or Arcane, I mean, Podbean and Arcane Radio, and uh, it should come up. I also uh, put it on, um, on uh, YouTube, so you just search my name, Lon Strickler, and it'll come up. Oh, that's cool. So do you, how do you do that? I, I haven't gone to check. I didn't realize you had done that on the YouTuber. I would have done my homework and clearly I didn't do my homework <laughs> well enough. Yikes. But so how do you do that for your, the YouTube? Do you? Well, I have a producer who records everything as we do the show. I go through Paranormal King Radio Network and Ross is the uh, producer there and he records it. And he just sends me a file after the show's over, then I upload it everywhere. Oh, wow. Okay. That's really nice. So that's your secret. You actually, I thought you did all of mm -mm. No, so you actually have some behind-the-scenes guru. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Oh, that's very interesting. So do you put your podcast that you do on YouTube, do you put it to... Some kind of visual or just? No, I, you know, I, I, I changed the file from an audio file to a video file, but it has no graphics or anything. It's just the uh, recording itself. How cool and is that? You can, you can upload it onto YouTube. I never knew you could do that, but it explains because I've seen a couple of people share things that I didn't understand. And you just cleared that up. So that's pretty cool. So that's how you find Arcane Radio to listen to Lon 
if you don't already follow him. Yeah, I'm on Apple. I'm on Apple as well. If you just, like I said, if you just uh, search Arcane Radio on Google, all the different uh, means of getting there will be there. Oh, that's so cool. And how come you didn't choose to call it Phantoms and Monsters? <laughs> or wait, was that is that a sensitive? Because didn't no, you, no, did no, you... no. That's that's fine. I um, I, I had been on other radio shows, and uh, my friend Sean Fork and I had started Arcane Radio about four years ago. So while uh, we were doing that together, we had Butch Witkowski on with us. Then we all, th- all three of us were invited to do another radio show. Uh, we did that for about six months. Then we all quit from that show. And I, I think Sean needed a rest. <laughs> and uh, I decided, well, look, I'm just going to go ahead and take the Arcane Radio format and with the name and everything and just go ahead and start it back up on another network. And that's what I did. So I did that in July of 2018. Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know. I didn't mean to go. I just thought that was interesting that I never thought about that before to ask. But so that came out this time. (laughs) But you have been doing it quite. And so... Because it is, it is tiring. Like, I did it for a year having the live show. Mm-hmm. And I give kudos because it's it's a lot. Because between you and your awesome, I hate to call it a blog because I feel that it's more than a blog. But um, Yeah, it is kind of more than a blog. I mean, you know, I put a newsletter out, a free newsletter out every day during the week. And then once on the weekend. Then... um but the website itself has a blog. Let's put it this way. The website has a blog in it. So, uh, you know, it's it, it's it's considered a blog, but it's it's got a lot more than that. Yeah, it's way more than that. And that's a lot of work. And then your, your weekly show, I don't, I don't know how you do it all. And well, you, it's a lot. You do other stuff too, right? Uh, I mean, I, we, yeah, we got our own investigate. I got my own investigation team. Uh, Phantoms and Monsters 14 research. There are, oh God, I don't know how many, was it 10? There's 10 people, 11 people there now. We've been adding more, uh, more investigators. Uh, we're doing research in other areas. And, uh, as well, I've been writing books and I've, I've authored seven books so far. So, um, yeah, I'm busy. I mean, you know, then taking part in the investigation, the research, and all the other things I got to disseminate between all the investigators, I, uh, yeah, I am busy. You are, you are very busy. And then, and then, speaking of books, I see you on social media, and that's why I reached out because I saw uh, a really awesome. I loved the picture of you with. <laughs> With your book, The Alien Disclosure. Oh, um, okay. And that's why I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm just going to reach out because see if he would like to talk about that and anything else that might come up. Yeah, we can talk about anything. Yeah, I just thought that was, I, I love the col- cover. I almost said color. I, meant, I mean co- cover. <laughs> if you hear a word come out of my mouth that doesn't make sense, just stop me because sometimes my, my brain and my mouth don't communicate too right. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so so what? Well, first, can I quick before we get to your alien disclosure, ask mm-hmm. you 
about the, because um, I was fascinated by that, your involvement in the Chicago Mothman. Has, oh, yeah. Was this sort of connected with that or like? Well, I, you know, it, it could be at some point. I I really don't know. Uh, these these winged humanoids that people had seen for the most part in 2017, though, we're still getting reports, uh, kind of sparse reports. But uh, they, they've been actually being reported in Illinois, Wisconsin, and Indiana. A uh, friend of mine, uh, one of my the investigators on the team, uh, Tobias Whalen, he's putting out a book soon on what he calls the Lake Michigan Mothman. And uh, it, it, this all has to do with the investigation that we, we started getting the calls and then we started getting doing most of the exclusive investigation of this phenomena. And actually, at this point right now, and I think I've got this number right, I think we have had 85 reports that we felt were legitimate. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's an ongoing investigation. Uh, as far as if they are possibly an alien-type being, you know, I, I brought that up in the book alien disclosure book and at this point i'm I'm just not ready to say that uh by the time i get done with the next book which i'm working on now and it has to do with flying cryptids i may come to that conclusion but i'm just not there yet oh that's interesting yeah i don't i don't know what they are but i never even thought are they but the reason that that i asked that was i had been um perusing your book that you so kindly gave me thank you very much mm-hmm. um and i was curious about uh the the different um the encounters that defy explanation section that i i, I didn't even think about black-eyed children or mm-hmm. things like that you, you talked you went places I was like oh okay i wasn't expecting to go there with that and also the men in black i wasn't expecting I guess I had heard it a little bit, and through you, I believe, was the first time. I mean, I was familiar with the Men in Black, but I believe it was Phantom and Monsters post that I I was like, oh, I didn't realize that these men, I thought, I just assumed they were government. I, I didn't realize that they could be government, or maybe they're not from our government, but <laughs> another mm-hmm. world's government, maybe. So that you have some very interesting what what made you because i didn't realize that you i know you do a lot of different things but i guess i didn't realize you had such extensive uh i i don't know you have a bunch of different words that you you kind of categorize us what would you call it ufo or et or alien i, I guess i, I do about everything in ufology and the genre itself i mean I, I don't really get into or do much investigations as far as UFO activity. Uh, my uh, associate, Butch Wachowski, handles most of that. <clears throat> but when it gets deeper into possible uh, terrestrial, non-terrestrial uh, involvement in other beings that may be associated with the UFO phenomena, then I do get interested. And I've had some, uh, you know, I've had some experience myself. So it's, uh, I've been investigating, oh, geez, 
I've been doing actually I've been get, gathering and receiving alien experiencer accounts now for almost 40 years. Oh my gosh. And the variety of entity and humanoids that people observe continues to expand. So in some cases it's difficult to determine if these entities are actually alien or non-terrestrial beings as opposed to something natural. Um you mentioned the men in black. I, I do believe that these may be actual uh, alien beings and f- that they may actually be working with the government to some degree. Uh, wow. You know, the other phenomena you mentioned, like the black eyed kids or, you know, these winged humanoids or others. I, I just I just really am not sure what that is. So that I, I didn't do much. I didn't describe that much in the book. But as far as the men in black, uh, you know, the, the, these entities, they, they, they kind of just show up. Uh, in other words, it's something to where they, uh, you know, if something happens, if there's uh, an incident, they just seem to show up. And uh, for the most part, they look the same. Uh, they, they kind of... Uh, stick out like a sore thumb if you want to put it that way they they uh are described for the most part as like being a pale or olive colored skin a monotone voice not showing any emotion or expression dressed in a black suit and fedora and a lot of times driving a large black sedan and um usually they come in pairs they're also female, uh, you know, men in black or women in black, we want to call them that. Oh, wow. So I don't know if, if you know, I do believe that these are not, these are not humans per se. They may be some type of hybrid. Uh, so I, I'm not sure, but they do seem to just show up. And, uh, you know, the most disconcerting aspect of their presence is that uh, they just show up at times when, you know, for like, something actually had somebody had actually witnessed something, they may show up just like the next day, even before the person has a chance to even make a report. Now, how that happens, you know, you know, it, nobody knows that, and they make it quite clear in no uncertain t- terms that. Uh, not to be talking about it, and this is the kind of uh, this is the kind of message that they they relay to the people who are the witnesses. So it's it is disconcerting. Um, so you know, are they quasi government agents? You would think they'd had to be involved somehow with the government. That's very interesting. I think that's another thing that really shocked me about reading about them was. I, I I was like, oh, I did. I thought that it was they showed up after, like after the newspapers got a hold. I didn't realize it was so quick, right after that they're coming to these people. That was like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, they will occasionally show up after it's been reported, or it's um, somebody will make a report to MUFON or one of the other agencies, the reporting agencies. But many times they will actually just show up. Very, uh, 
not much longer, not much time after the um, the incident itself. So uh, yeah, it's it, it's it's a strange phenomenon. They are an enigma. There's no doubt about that. That is really wild. I I I wonder if we'll ever get an answer. Like okay, so while we're kind of on this with the government, mm-hmm. um, with how the the Air Force, I I don't know if they've officially said that there's UFOs, but then they they close down <clears throat> there, but they're still leaving it open. I, can you clarify any of that for me? I'm a little bit. Can, do, I mean, do well, you know what I'm even talking about? <laughs> you know, this all started back with the Roswell incident back in 1947. Um, this is the, at that time people became aware of this. The initial report that came out of Roswell was that they did uh, recover a crashed craft, but that was within 24 hours. That was changed to an excuse that it was a weather balloon or, or such. But ever since that time, uh, the Air Force has been involved, and the military itself has been involved with uh, this phenomenon. Now, they haven't really ever come out and, and said much about it until recently when the Navy released, or the Pentagon released, some of these sightings by uh, by you know uh, fighter jet pilots that were recording this activity, making comments about it. So they're kind of the government's kind of spoon feeding this whole phenomenon to us. They they are putting a case here and a case there out there, but you know we're not really getting it all. It's kind of like a teaser we're getting at this point. And do you think they're doing that to slowly acclimate us because it would blow up, you know, so many people's religious near? Like, do you think that they maybe it's getting to a point where they're not going to be able to contain it and they need to somehow desensitize us to it? Or what do you think about that? I, I think it's getting harder and harder for them to contain it because of people like me and others that do the research. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about this for many, many years now. <clears throat> of course, there was Project Blue Book, which, in my opinion, was basically a false, false flag program. Uh, you know, they've been putting it out there that you know they they are investigating, but really, they're not really giving many answers to anybody. That's very interesting. Yeah, and you know, at this point right now, and and I don't, you know, people are talking more and more that the government may or may have, you know, some, you know, some degree of uh, coming forward with disclosure, but I don't really see that happening. You know, I, I still think, just like I stated in the book. The, the the disclosure that we get about aliens and and in in other words in UFOs is going to come from the experiencers themselves, and uh, we can't rely on the government to give us any information on that. The only time they're going to tell us is if we have to. They have to tell us if something lands on the White House lawn, or <laughs> everybody knows that something has landed, or something has happened, some type of invasion, or some type of major incident, 
Well, then they're going to have to say some. But in the meantime, I, I just can't see them coming forward with any credible information. That's yeah, I I, I think it's interesting they had anything out there because people just laugh. I mean, they snicker. They're like, ha 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 UFOs. They're you know the government's talking about it, but then they're they're really not. <laughs> they they are, but they're not. It. I just I don't know. I just think it's an odd an odd way of handling it but you brought something else up that oops i really liked in your book um i think you hand and you you do this naturally anyways i think you might be the best in the business at being very sensitive to people's experiences and when you talk about the experiencers and that you said you know you have to understand that if these people are taking the time to share and trusting you with this information, they they very much believe whether it happened or not, they very much believe it did in most cases. Now you are also you also threw in there that with your 40 years of <laughs> being around people and in interviewing them and investigating that you can kind of tell the the BSers from yeah, the, yeah. the the people that more genuinely believe but I really think that's that that do you wish you saw more of that or do you think you see a lot of that with people being sensitive to the experiences or do you think that more more people are just like oh poo poo you or how do you feel about that well I guess it depends on the investigator itself I mean I I have always given people the benefit of the doubt and then you know got to a point where you know, I was, uh, you know, I would look into what's going on. And, of course, they will, you know, they have made you part of their, their experience, basically, by asking, you know, by coming forward. You know, I realized a long time ago, it's just best to listen to people uh, taking notes and compare the information later with other reports. But, you know, you got to be open-minded and like I said, you give the experiencer the benefit of the doubt. Uh, if you're asking questions, to be brief and to the point where you don't want the witness embellishing on the information. You want them to stick to their original story. Because normally the, the original story you get is, is the actual story itself. Uh, going beyond that, people do have a tendency to embellish on details. You know, I've been, uh, like you said, I've kind of separated the wheat from the chaff after all these years. So it's it's kind of become a second nature. You know, that really did become evident when we were talking about the uh, the Chicago wing humanoids. You know, those witnesses were very forthright and they didn't embellish on what they saw. It's almost, you know, and it's funny because all the investigators in my group who talked to these witnesses, they all mentioned that, that they seemed to have been like imprinted somehow when this happened to them. And they were very direct, very specific, but they didn't go beyond that. And that just, that really happens when you're, you know, interviewing for cryptid or other type of, um, paranormal experiences uh, you know abduction and alien accounts can they can trigger some skepticism with an investigator uh, 
uh, and, and especially if you're on the phone with them or you're talking to them in person, you know, a lot of times, especially if the incidents just recently happened, because, you know, it, it involves fear, confusion. Sometimes the emotion is just uncontrolled. So it's always best to just listen and get, you know, and base a lot on the first the first part of the interaction. Uh, like I said, they, they made you part of their story. So it's, it's, it's always best to give them the benefit of the doubt and to listen and then go from there. Yeah, I think that's, that's really good. Cause I, I hate to say, I mean, most people look at me and they think, oh, she's, she's so nice and she's so sweet. And I'm the first one to be like, uh-huh, sure that happened. And so that's, why I don't really investigate that much. I just like to cover, you yeah. know, if it happens, where where does it happen? I leave that up to people like yourself that can, I don't know what you call that, if it's being more detached or somehow you don't, you're you're just very good at handling that. And, you know, and, I, I think we're all skeptics. Uh, you know, I I have received reports from people that I was very skeptical of at first, but after a while, I changed my mind. You know, I, one of the people that I've probably investigated most was David Eckhart, and I wrote about him in the book. And when he first contacted, well, I contacted him first uh, because he was looking for somebody basically to believe what was going on with him. And uh, when we first talked, I thought that he may be having just regular haunting or such going on in his home. I I just didn't really know what was going on. Now, of course, he had that he had that video, uh, some video uh, frames of this this entity that you could see in his uh, in his bathroom to his in his bedroom, and um, you know, it it was interesting, but I still wasn't sure what was going on. And quite frank with you, it took about six months of talking to David almost every every day till I got to the point where I felt comfortable of what he was telling me was was fact. And, uh, you know, we, um, you know, I really went in hard with him as far as, uh, you know, going over the phenomena, over the evidence and everything. So um, and he's still having he's still having issues with these these entities, these I'm, uh, non-terrestrials. I'm, I'm really glad you brought him up because that's a really interesting chapter in the book. And I was going to ask you about him and I was going to mm-hmm. say, what's happened since? Is he, is he still, you know, having, do you still talk with him or? Yeah, I talked to David a lot. Um, he's not in the original house anymore, but he's in another house, but they're still contacting him. Now their their mode of transportation, if you if you may, isn't the same. They basically uh, use some type of transporter that opens up out of thin air, and it, it's a damnest thing because he's taking pictures of this stuff, and uh, it's pretty bizarre. But oh, wow. he's he's had different types of entities over the years. It, it's not as intense as it was when he was being abducted. Where him and his family were being abducted, uh, he uh, he lives alone now, and he's still having experiences at home with these things. 
And he has followed it up with a, a lot of photographic evidence. You know, of course, there are going to be people that just don't believe what, you know, he's, he's doing or seeing or what. But, you know, I am I am totally convinced that he is experiencing a lot of what he's telling me. I think that's really I mean, those pictures are are I, I, I recognize the one. I don't know if I saw it on TV, the one where I guess it's. I can't tell if it's a bed in the mirror. It's like mm-hmm. the, it's mm-hmm. got a little video icon in it in your book. And, um, oh yeah. And the little guy is there. And I know I saw that on TV somewhere and I was like, what in the world? Yeah. What is that? Yeah. The, uh, the TV show fact or fake paranormal files, uh, did an episode on David and, um, oh. Yeah, and they couldn't uh, they couldn't debunk him at all. And in fact, I talked to Ben Hansen, who was the lead investigator, not long after they did the investigation, and he told me, he said, you know, we just couldn't debunk what was going on there. Uh, and he said the damnest thing was, and they did sh- show some of this on the on the show. David had been telling me that every time he would either be abducted or there be an incident to home. The next morning, he'd come outside, and there would be earthworms, nightcrawlers everywhere. I mean, it would be on the grass, on the sidewalks, on the driveway. He literally had to go out there and and take the hose and spray these things out into the street to the chagrin of his neighbors. But oh <laughs> these things, it was, some, it was some type of electrical charge that was going through his property that pulled these things out of the ground. And when I talked to Ben Hansen, he told me, he said, we had an incident where we had, we had the uh, control truck outside the house. Uh, the investigators, one was in the house, one was up in a tree outside the house, looking into the bedroom. And Ben said, I was in the van and all the electronics went crazy. And they showed that on the show. Oh, the wow. electronics just went nuts. Oh, wow. And uh, he, he said it lasted for a couple minutes, and it happened right after David was in the bedroom saying, they're here. Then he said, I heard piano music. And David oh. did mention sometimes he heard some type of piano music when this this would begin. So when, when everything settled down, uh, Hanson walked outside the truck and he noticed, and this was at nighttime, he said he noticed that the ground was full of nightcrawlers. So these things just popped up out of the ground after this incident. So, I mean, it's, it's that's, bizarre. That's super, but between the nightcrawlers and the p- piano music, that is, I mean, that stuff, that stuff right there that, like, you don't see that kind of a thing in the movies or, mm-hmm. you know, that's a hard thing to fake. It's a hard thing to just make up unless you're, you know, really, really clever or on some kind of amazing drugs. But that's a straight, that's like, I don't understand. That's just wild. But the other thing I want to ask you about him, because this, I've never heard this theory either. And I think it's very interesting is the one where, you think that maybe um, 
he could be related to an ancient line of hybrids or evolved humans. I thought that was that's something else. I, I you know I don't really focus a lot on the aliens other than real general. So I don't know. Maybe that's a theory that's out there. But that's really interesting. That wow. What if that is why certain people get abducted and other people don't? Well, that does happen. You know, a lot of times when someone is abducted, it, it's later found out that someone in their family through another generation experienced the same thing. I mean, I have talked to people who have had great grandparents as far back, you know, in a line being abducted four or five generations and children being abducted at the same time. It's, um, there does seem to be a connection somehow. Why that is, I don't know. Could it be the, the makeup of the blood itself or uh, some type of other DNA match to some type of previous being or uh, possibly a hybrid or a star child or something to that effect? No one really knows. Uh, the, there are theories, though I don't really buy into those theories yet. Uh, the possibility that most abductees have RH negative blood. Uh, you know, it does seem a lot of these people do that, do have that negative uh, RH negative. A lot of times they have O, uh, o type blood. So I don't really know if there's a real connection there, but there's something it seems there's con- is connected. And, uh, Many times when someone is abducted, it's it's a continued reality, basically, that they're abducted many, many times. Very rarely is someone abducted one time and then not abducted again. They may not realize it, but a lot of times over time, something will trigger what had happened to them previously, and then the experience will come back to them. Oh my gosh, that's like totally having your mind wiped out and thinking, oh my gosh, it's it's happened. That that'd be very <laughs> unnerving. And it's I I you know I really feel for the people. There's some people I think that say they are alien abductees and they're they're looking for something. But there's uh, that's actually that's a one time when I'm actually probably the most compassionate is they they really experience something and they know people aren't going to believe them it's 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 a little bit different than the people who have said oh i've seen a ghost they they have personally you know been taken somewhere else and had things done to them they're it, it's it's almost like um you know someone who's been assaulted or rugged or mugged or even raped or something they they really have ex- you, you can't fake that kind of trauma and reaction. So that's why I really, I feel for most, it's, it's very, very rare that I'm like, oh yeah, this person's just, woohoo. Most of them are very, it's, it's, it's actually kind of sad because how do you get help for, I mean, and thank God for these like UFO cons and stuff where they can meet up with other people who will understand them and want to listen and want to help and be a sympathetic ear and, that's a hard experience, I think. Well, you know, the, the what these people experience for the most part is pretty similar. Uh, 
it has kind of evolved over the years. Uh, it, it used to be that uh, it seemed that they'd be taken by the greys or what people consider the gray aliens. And they'd have some, uh, you know, they'd have examinations done to them. They may just, be, you know, they probe them and such. It, it has gone a lot beyond that over the years. It's kind of gotten to the point now where these beings, it's usually more than one, up to four or five different beings, different types of species or uh, types of, uh, you know, races of aliens. Uh, you know, we told him back to David, he, he experiences a lot of different races of beings. Uh, reptilians, greys, uh, human-like, possible hybrid-type beings, insectoids, even some that look mechanical. So, um, you know, these 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 abduction scenarios now go into a whole list of different uh, uh, different type of scenarios, but it, it usually seems to be something involved with some type of breeding. Oh. And, um, you know, David believes that he was bred at one point. I have talked to a lot of other experiencers who have had uh, either sperm taken or eggs taken from females. I I have been working with a, a young lady who has had six pregnancies just end at three months and no, you know, she knows she was pregnant, but it just ended. I mean, it seems like she was abducted and the fetus was removed somehow and she was no longer pregnant. And that's happened six times to her. Um, Yeah. And you do hear those type of stories and now why that's happening you know, she doesn't know. She's never been shown anything as far as, you know, another type of hybrid being or such. But, you know, she does know this is happening. I actually witnessed an incident uh, in her bedroom as she was sleeping to where she was literally lifted off the bed. Holy so, cow. yeah, and I don't know what had happened. It lasted just for a few seconds and then everything seemed normal. She didn't really seem to know what happened, but she does believe that she was, uh, <clears throat> actually abducted. And, um, each time this happened that her, she had a boyfriend at that time and he was literally incoherent. I mean, he just, he was knocked out. It's like they knocked him out. She had a dog at, you know, a very reliable dog that was there with her. They seemed to knock the dog out too. And this all mm-hmm. happened to her without any of them knowing what was going on. Oh no. That's horrible. So that's the kind of that's the kind of incidents people are dealing with. That's extremely frightening. And I think that's even worse because if somebody is there and it's only you and then nobody can help you, I mean that's got a I can't even imagine how that must feel. Extremely lonely, though. Yeah, I mean, um, 
I have had a couple. I have had a couple incidents. Uh, personally, I was actually visited by these three by three tall three tall gray beings on two occasions, and then I was what I believe was abducted at one point. Uh, I was shown some scenarios, historical scenarios, and uh, you know, but. I, I realized what was going on at the time. I was taken to a location. I don't know if it was on a craft or some off-world or on-world location, but I was shown on this, and I don't even think it was a screen. I was just shown this these scenarios, like a movie being shown to me, of something that happened many millennia ago. So... Um, it was very strange, but I, I'm, I do know it happened. Oh, wow. That's extremely strange. How old were you then? Were you, I mean, oh, was this, was, you know, this was fairly recent. My, uh, my, you know, my wife was sick back in 2015. She had, she had cancer, and she eventually passed away later yeah. in the year. And uh, at that time, at time period she was sick, I was getting... You know, these visitations I had two of them at home. Then not long after she passed, that's when this incident took place to where I was I was taken. Now, oh I don't gosh. know if this had anything to do with her, but uh, there were uh, other indications that it very well may be. So, I, you know, I don't know, but that's, uh-huh. you know, I know this happened. Oh, my gosh. I remember when you went through with your... Wife dying. I'm so sorry about that. Still got to not be easy because it's been a few years now, but it's still not that long ago. Right. No, I, you know, I've kind of gotten over a lot of that now, but yeah, you know, it's, you know, people will say to you, well, you're going through a tough time back then. Maybe it's something you imagined. No, well, you just don't imagine that. Oh, gosh, no. I, 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 I'm sure you have a fine imagination, but I would not suspect you would pick that would be the time to, to flex it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, okay, so let me ask you this. Um, when I was little, like, I, I, don't, I don't even think I was five yet, um, I saw a face in the ceiling that talked to me. And I to this day, I don't know if it was a... Uh, a ghost or an alien but I do know that I was awake even though I was like well you were sleeping clearly and yes I have really vivid dreams and a very interesting imagination so surely I could I mean that's something you could have dreamt up but it was one of those things you know when you're awake and you know when you're asleep and I was definitely awake and I was panicked because I was in my sister's room but I was in my sister's room because I'd had um I don't know if you remember those old sprinkler systems that they would travel like they they would spin they had wheels and then they'd move they'd kind of like self-guide themselves along Mm -hmm. the line well I I was little like four maybe and not very coordinated and I ran they everybody else was jumping over them so I went to go jump too and my foot got all caught up in there and it hurt I'm pretty sure I actually broke my foot but nobody knew it at the time Mm -hmm. um but anyways my sister took pity on me she's 14 years older and she said you can sleep in my room but you can't snore and if you wake me up talking or kicking that's it you're out of here so when this 
face thing, I woke up and I saw the face and it's talking to me and I'm like, you got to be quiet. <laughs> you know, my sister will get very mad at us and kick, kick, kick me out of her room. And I couldn't understand what it was saying. I don't really remember having a conversation with it, but it's features. I'll never forget the features. And it really, they really resemble you know, more of the like alien kind of things people describe, but it was in that popcorn ceiling. So I don't, to this day, I don't know. Can, can aliens manifest that way? Was I hallucinating? I, I wasn't on any drugs. I just was sleeping. And then I, you know, or was it a go? I don't know. I, I to this day, I, have you ever heard a, an alien or ghost story about faces in the ceilings? Oh, it happens a lot. You know, kids, kids have uncorrupted minds at that age. And uh, they tend have a tendency to see things that we don't because our minds, as we grow older, kind of dismiss a lot of this stuff. And uh, it could have very well have been one. I mean, I, I have talked to kids who have seen similar things. Parents tell me that their kids seem to be talking to unseen entities and describe them to their parents. Um you know, it does happen a lot, especially with children who have abilities. Well, that's interesting. And I'll be honest with you, I'd say most of the cases that I've taken over the years uh, that, that involved hauntings or some type of entity infestation, the kids themselves or some one of the kids or somebody in the family was usually psychic. Or had abilities. Oh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. I never knew. To this day, and I'll never get the answer. You know, I wish I could go back in time and <laughs> figure it out. Um, if if you could do that, if you could absolutely solve a mystery, which is there one that you would want to solve? Whether it's a personal one or you know, a bigger one like Loch Ness Monster? <laughs> no, I think this this winged humanoid uh, phenomena is the uh, is something that I, I'm, I'm, I would really like to find out what's going on. Um, I had an incident back in 1988 where um, I had an encounter with two other people of a being that it's it was very similar to, to what people were describing in Chicago, and, and that's all these oh. years later. So, uh, you know, it was interesting that I had had that, and then you know I've been investigating this phenomena for many many years, and of course with all this going on, people started reporting this in Chicago. The descriptions are very similar to what I experienced back then. So. Um, I don't know. You know, I think that's that's the one phenomena that I really I uh, really want to be able to solve, I think. Oh, that's that's a good. Oh, and and something else I've always wanted to ask you about that. Um, do you believe that they are harbingers of something or not always or? No, nah, I don't buy into that. No. I, I really don't. You know, that all got started with the uh the mothman at point pleasant and the 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 silver bridge collapsing near christmas back in 67 
Of course, they back in Point Pleasant, 66 and 67, these sightings of the Mothman were going on. I'd say over, over the, the entire year, there were about 30 reported sightings. But there was a lot of other stuff going on, too. There were UFO sightings. Of course, the men in black uh, were seen mostly after it happened. Uh, just a lot of weird stuff, a lot of paranormal stuff. But somebody said that they saw this Mothman uh, above the bridge just before this happened. So, of course, when you have such a huge tragedy like that, because uh, 46 people died on that bridge collapse. Yeah. And when you have something like that in a small town, uh, it, it seems the populace or the res- and the residents need to blame it on something. So I think, I think the Mothman was the, the convenient boogeyman <laughs> for this incident. Oh, that, that does make, I mean, that makes sense. It's, it always seems so, um, like, I think people had tried to say Chernobyl was another one where... Well, Chernobyl very well could have been because it's an in- interesting phenomena that happened there. It was recorded or documented. Um, before the Chernobyl disaster, there was what they called the Blackbird of Chern- Chernobyl. It was this huge bird-like entity that was seen flying above the the plant, the nuclear plant. And many people had seen this thing and commented about it. So, of course, when the disaster happened, they uh, people were saying that this, this Blackbird of Chernobyl was a harbinger of the disaster. Now, I, I don't, that could have some truth to it, but, you know, it's, it's all speculation because nobody really knows. Now, of course... Well, we've had other disasters, in particular the, the Fukushima nuclear plant um, disaster after the earthquake in 2011. There were people that had come out and said they they saw some type of winged being over the over the nuclear plant, but you know there's no evidence of that. And of course, with the high loss of life, they, you know people were looking for answers. Yeah, they we always want to do that, right? To right somehow explain and. And make it make it fit into a box, <laughs> right? And sometimes they're just so. This alien disclosure, you have it, and and how do people? How do they? How do they get it? Well, you can just go to Amazon, and uh, you know, search alien disclosure. Search my name, Lon Strickler, and you can find a book there. Uh, if you go to my website, phantomsandmonsters.com, I have links there to the book as well. Oh, good. Okay. Well, that so that's all the places. And so, what's the next book you said you're working on? I am. I have started writing a book about flying cryptids. Oh, that's right. That's and it's going to be. It's it's going to be a collection of winged humanoids, aerial anomalies, anything that flies. That's unexplained. So, uh, uh, and these reports are going to be reports that I had taken. Uh, there may be a few well-known reports in there, but it's just going to be brief. It's going to be mostly stuff that I have, have researched and investigated. Oh, cool. And is that the way, 
how, how do people do they still just contact you at phantoms and monsters to get if they want to share their story with you or yeah um to read and to share their experience. Yeah, I, I, you know, there are contact links there that where they can get a hold of me at Phantoms and Monsters. Okay, I'm sure that most of them, if anybody <laughs> listens to this since I'm so new, but um, most of them will be very familiar with you and how to do it. But just in case, <laughs> I wanted to cover the bases. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah, and guess what I do? I appreciate you taking time out of your very busy schedule to talk with me and be my very, very first podcast interview. Well, you and I have known each other for a while, so I'm happy to do it anytime. Yay! And next time when your next book comes out, we'll do it again or before. We don't have to wait, you know, okay. to do that. Sounds but good. If you have time, and gosh, I just want to thank you so much for, for talking to me. Well, it's, I appreciate you being having me come on, and uh, I hope your podcast goes well. Yeah, and one other thing I have to say, thanks for the book again, because it's very interesting to read. I kind of skimmed through some parts. I had, you know, a little bit of time this weekend, so I was reading as quick as I could, and then I, I would jump ahead and kind of go back. But it is very well written and really engrossing, you know, and very informative to someone like myself that you know, I know I know a little. I know the fringe stuff, but there's a lot of stuff I didn't know. So I, it's a really good book, and thank you very much for for sharing and talking with me about it. Well, I thank you. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you again. And until next time, ciao for now. You've been listening to Haunt Johns, a podcast for restless spirits. My name is Courtney Maroc, and it's been my pleasure to be your host and guide for this journey. I snagged the music, Phantom from Space, from Kevin McLeod at Incompetech. If you'd like to continue exploring beyond the podcast, jaunt with me online anytime at hauntjaunts.net. Or if you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe to Haunt Jaunts wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also jaunt with me socially on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, You'll find links to all of Haunt John's social media on the website, as well as a player on the podcast page with all of the episodes. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until our paths cross again, ciao for now.